0: retards. It's not sexomania, it's sexomnia. How do I know? Because I rock more pussy in my sleep than I do when I'm
1: awake. It is a condition, quote unquote.
0: This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? How was the weekend?
3: The weekend was, I will just say, all right and leave it at that.
2: Well, I can tell one thing you did over the weekend.
3: Yeah, what got was that? got your hair cut? I got like a little cut. Cut.
2: Yeah, it looks like you got a, uh, a bowl cut. Is that bowl cut? There's, no, it's not a ball. It was definitely a buzz cut. There was some <laughs> there were some, some, some clippers going on, clipper action going on on that. Uh, I on that tend, head
3: of ears. I, I don't go to a stylist. At least I try not to. But listen to what happened. I, I go to you know the discount haircut place. What? Not the super cuts? Exactly super cuts.
2: <laughs> what other discount hair? I guess there are other ones like great clips.
3: Well, some, some super cuts. Some dudes, they. Uh, they for, They say, like, I would never go to a stylist. I go to a barber. But barbers, like, male-only barbers with the pole and everything, they usually charge quite a bit. You really? want to go to the low-end unisex hair salon. That's what I do, which is I, Supercuts. There's some others, too, but that's, like, the big thing. I always
2: change. thought you preferred, like, the non-English-speaking Asian hair. Well, that's places. what
3: Supercuts usually is. So listen to what happened. I went in there... Just expecting my normal no nonsense. The stylist doesn't even barely speak my language. So she says, like, Oh, what's your job? Or like, How you like weather? And then that's it. And then she cuts the hair and you're out of there in like five minutes, ten minutes tops. But so I go in there and there's only two of the haircutter ladies. And I'm sitting there and they're both kind of finishing up and I'm and I'm gauging which one it's gonna be because one of them's like this hipster chick from the mission. Working at a Supercuts? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, she looks cool. I might hit on her at the bar,
2: although she kind of looked like a lesbian. It's got to be a transitional period, because a hipster chick does not belong at
3: Supercuts. No, and she would never talk to me if I did try and start talking to her it's at the bar. It's a 45-year-old mother or Asian lady. Well, the economy's bad, right? So, okay. so she's probably biding her time till she gets a, a job at some place called, like, Barbarella or something, you know? like yeah, some, like, some like, like fancy upscale place. salon or something. Right, but, but so she's a cute girl, probably a lesbian would like to talk to her way too young for me anyways, but I don't want her cutting my hair because she speaks English and she's going to ask me stuff like what I'm, you know, what I did over the weekend and what kind of bands I like and shit. So they both finish up at the same time. And there's another guy that came in behind me and I'm like, did you walk towards the Asian lady? No, <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to avert my eyes and like, curl up like a turtle. Because you don't make or an appointment at Supercuts. No, you don't. it's first so, come first serve. Some people do, which is one of the most hilarious I didn't even know you, you could. It's yeah, you first can. come first serve. So. It's hilarious when you see it. it well, it's like making an appointment at McDonald's. Like, <laughs> I would like Pierre to make my fucking Big Mac plates. No, you don't do that. No, but you it, go
2: up, you, you sign the, the log and you just kind of wait. The so at
3: the, at the last minute, and there wasn't even a log. They didn't even do the log because there's only two of them there. I guess they figured they would just figure it out. So, at the last Rock, minute, paper, the Asian scissors. lady like goes back to take her smoke break, and now I'm trapped. So this girl has to like cut my hair.
2: I like how you, you'd you rather not have the hot hipster chick. You'd just rather have the Asian lady, middle-aged Asian lady who's smoking yeah. and is in a foul attitude.
3: Right. No nonsense. <laughs> That's what I call that. I It was on my lunch break. I didn't actually get the haircut on the weekend. I got it yesterday. And uh, and I was also really hungover from the weekend, and uh, it was pretty horrible. At one point... I'm not even fucking making this up. The, this girl like name dropped animal collective definitely a hipster yeah when I, I, I tried knows to be t-
2: <laughs> the band trying to impress no, you no she
3: was just i told she asked me where i was from i said oakland she said oh the, are you near the fox theater oh the only time i've ever been to oakland was i saw animal collective at the fox theater so i try you know I, I dropped. i was like well i like matthew sweet Dude, you, know, you didn't he's know indie. who
2: animal collective was i'm, I'm surprised you didn't say <laughs> so you, you went to the spca <laughs> <They're> yes any- <laughs> i bought an
3: animal there at that collective no, too no i Close listeners of the show will remember that I thought that they were called Animal Factory a couple episodes back. So I do know who, who she was talking about.
2: But no, I, I see what you're I, saying. I, mean, I didn't
3: say like, oh, I love that movie with Willem Dafoe and Edward Furlong. But I was like, yeah, well, I like Matthew Sweet. You ever well, heard of him? Was she just like, wow, you're old. I was like, do you like to watch 120 minutes on, on MTV at night? <laughs> <laughs> that probably missed like ninety percent of our audience. But I right see the what you're 120 saying. 120 minutes though. reference.
2: Yeah. No. No one ever remembers that. show. All
3: REM videos, all the
2: time. 120 <laughs> minutes with Dave Kendall or Kurt Loder. I, no, Kurt Loder Lyon. did it too. Yeah. No. It was a great. It was a great enough show. Obscure, late '80s. <laughs> enough for a reference. But anyway, yeah. Uh, no, I understand what you what, what you mean here, Wagley. It's when you go to supercuts, you don't want to sit there and make conversation with a 45 year old divorced housewife while she's. For thirty minutes, while she's tinkering with her with the with the with the comb and the scissors and right. taking her time to cut your hair, trying to make sure it's like perfect, you just want that no nonsense Asian lady. Doesn't speak any English. Is probably a little frightened of you. Or and, just resentful, or resentful. Yeah. But she's just, she's she's just all she's there is for the money. Right. She's not there to spend time. She's not there to hang out.
3: Yeah, she wants to go back to her like underground mahjong gambling ring <laughs> with all the with her tip. <laughs> yeah, you know with her with her tips. That's how my weekend and early week went.
2: Well, Wackerly, as much as I'd like to hear some more uh, details about your wild wacker mane <laughs> and uh, your new hairstyles that you're rocking these days, yeah. I think there's another issue that we need to bring to light here on uh, Sick and Wrong. Um, as we've mentioned before, and people, you know, longtime listeners of the show do know that, that we like to, uh, you know, approach the topical issues here on Sick and Wrong. Current events. Current events. Um, occasionally, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, we're, 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 we'd like to keep ahead of the game. You know, we we like to, to keep current here on Sick and Wrong, and uh, there's a current issue that I think will directly affect both of our lives. And this is not, so, and that's the thing. It's like you'll read stuff about you know Obama having his big nuclear weapon party going on there, the nuclear weapon gathering where you know all the world leaders are there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really affect us. I no. mean, maybe it will, but we're so far removed, it doesn't affect us. This issue that it doesn't I'm affect abo-
3: my day to day life.
2: No, no. This issue that I'm about to talk about might affect your day to day life, Wackley. Might change. I'm a little worried about here. Might it. change one of your most beloved evening activities. So let me uh, let Xbox? me explain here. <laughs> Even more important. <laughs> so Sunday, you might recall, it was pouring rain here. Yeah, I didn't even leave my apartment. I sat in all day and I watched some porno. That, um, some. <laughs> <laughs> by some, I mean about eight hours of porno. <laughs> my hand is still sprained. It's serious. It's tired. I can barely looks, open my fingers. It looks fingers. a little chafed. Yeah. yeah it, you know, well, that's not the only thing chafed. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I received some free porno from my good friend Holly Stevens, who we might be giving a ring in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave me some porn, and I was watching. It was one of those amateur porns that she picked up. Or it's the I, only
3: kind worth watching nowadays.
2: Yeah, it's like the four-hour amateur porn. Anyway, I was watching it on Sunday, and. It was weird. I, you know, at first I was kind of into it, you know, the, the, the first couple orgasms. And after that, you start kind of paying a little more attention to the porn because you start noticing the nuances and, you know, stuff in the background or like, right. oh, that's a great fuzzy Led Zeppelin poster you got back there. <laughs> You're Is wondering it, about... Are you what, on a waterbed?
3: Is what, that a waterbed? What video settings they're using on their camera.
2: Yeah, or, you know, the, the filter that they're running. Right. Well, one thing I noticed, and it kind of stuck out and I was a little surprised, every couple was wearing a condom like there's a condom involved in every scene on the penis well where else would it go well you say couple i mean it's okay well i'm just the, saying the, okay, all the couples in all the scenes a dude was wearing a condom. Was wearing condom in every scene and i was right. surprised because i thought most well you know i am not i wouldn't call consider myself an authority on gay porn but i know in straight porn the straight porn world i always thought it was rare to see the actor wearing a condom
3: uh, I've seen a few, but it's definitely more typical to see the bareback activity. Well, it, it,
2: it's, it's normal. You just I mean, that's, a, that's what I always assume. A porn is just like, you know, those people are being tested. Right. Well, they're yeah, all in birth a...
3: control, right? Yeah. There's no porn star getting knocked up.
2: <laughs> I'm not worried about Jenna Jameson getting impregnated by Ron Jeremy. Oh,
3: not again. <laughs> Another little hedgehog running around with huge fake tits.
2: But I, I was a little taken aback. I was a, a bit surprised. You know, astonished that every scene had a condom. And at first, you know, the first couple of orgasms, I didn't notice it. I'm not looking at a condom. But I, as I'm saying, as you start watching, you know, a couple hours of porn, you, you, you start paying more, paying and more, more attention, attention to the penis. Well, the nuances. <laughs> <Penis. Right. laughs> but yes, you know, the, the, the subtle things in the porn. And one thing I notice is, is the, uh, the, 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 the guys wearing a condom. Right. And I was kind of surprised so, by that. So,
3: does the dude think he's going to get an STD?
2: Well, that's what I'm wondering. I, you know, I felt that there are, you know, multiple reasons that right. uh, that they would that they would enforce this condom, you know, uh, in the scenes. Like I thought, there's a reason that you know behind maybe the director or the producer or whoever, um, you know, wrote the porn was like, okay, we're going to do this for authenticity to make it even seem more amateur. <laughs> You know, I thought yeah. maybe, the dude know.
3: should prematurely ejaculate. <laughs> make it more authentic for me. Oh, I can't last any- oh, Wow, that's just like it when I do it. Already awesome. kill the
2: Muzak soundtrack <laughs> yeah. in the background. That would make Let it a little a more authentic. Let a couple farts
3: while you're moving around. <laughs> That's the wackerly realism right but there. But I
2: wonder if it was, like, a quest for authenticity, if that's why, you know, they, they're they mandating this, this condom wearing. Or
3: is it some type of social engineering where they're trying to, like, convince people that this is the way— Is this some sort of George Michael thing? Well, I th- sex is natural, sex is good, not everybody does it, but everybody should. Fuck you, George Michael. <laughs> Not everybody's gonna go get a blowjob in a fucking bathroom from a dude. I'm stunned that you know the lyrics, mm.
2: but I, I was, you know, I was wondering if they were trying to set some kind of trend. Mm. You know, or is this some kind of social commentary? I don't know. They're doing with their porn. So I went on the uh, internet. I, obviously, I was a bit bored on Sunday, and I decided to investigate matters. Mm-hmm. And I found an article on slate.com which um it, which discussed in detail the case for bringing condoms to adult films. So, there's a serious debate going on right now in California, which is the epicenter of the adult industry. I mean,
3: the American adult industry.
2: Well, the American adult you industry.
3: You know what's happening if you watch a lot of red tube is more and more porn is being made in Eastern Europe.
2: Well, that's because they have to pay the they, they can pay the actors if like thirty ru- cents an hour, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like here's a dime,
3: <laughs> a cop kick, or whatever the fuck they use involved
2: and i I highly doubt there you know I don't even think sexually transmitted diseases are even a concern over in Eastern Europe, no. Because it's the, the uh, you know the the livelihood in general. Right.
3: They like they like get like tractor AIDS. Yeah.
2: <laughs> From eating rusty tractor. they eat rodents? That's like a good meal. Yeah. You know, seriously, I don't think uh, STDs are that much of a concern. I'm saying the epicenter of American pornography. Our mayor is a pig. <laughs> he's a good. He's a very
3: smart, leaderful pig.
2: So there's a serious debate that's going on right now. Um, in California, over whether to dispatch the condom into hardcore pornography, uh, just <laughs> the condom in softcore pornography is even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even? But they don't show penetration in softcore They're anyway.
3: Even... They're just taped. They don't even penetrate.
2: Uh, there have been over 22 cases of HIV in porn actors in the past six years. Uh, this How many? 22. Is... Yeah. Um, this has picked such concern that the uh, California's Occupational Safety and Health Administration is now hearing a request from AIDS advocacy groups that will require porn actors to suit up before filming their copulating scenes. Does that
3: include straight and gay porn? Those 22 dudes? I think, uh, I think
2: it is. I think it's just uh, hardcore pornography across
3: the board. I wonder how many were from straight porn. Well, now, the
2: concern is that the absence of condoms places porn workers at undue risk for HIV. Um, the activists also propose government-mandated protections as safety regulations that were enacted for um, you know, people station assembly lines. Or people picking grapes. (laughs) I don't quite see the analogy, but I think they they say that uh, AIDS is an occupational hazard for these people.
3: But I thought they got tested every week or something, and that's how they dealt with it. Like, you you just get tested and retested and retested, and they're always reviewing whether you have an STD. And then if you're only having, I guess no porn stars, only having sex with other porn stars.
2: Well, that's, that's what the industry points out, that they... Well, they say here in this article that they encourage actors to submit to regular HIV tests.
3: It still takes a long time to catch it,
0: right? Well, the I AIDS. think
2: uh, most porn companies, and we're going to find out when we talk to Holly in a bit, uh, they, they say it's mandatory. You have to show up with certification that you have been
3: tested. But with AIDS, can't you get it? You can get the bug, and then, but the test, it won't show up on a test for six months. And if you're re- regularly acting in porn movies, then at that point you've fucked 100 dudes or women.
2: Well, what you're referring to is a phenomenon that they call the window period. Right. So when you yeah, get tested, you know, newly infected and contagious people might not show symptoms until, like, you know, yeah, six months after contamination. That is pretty hazardous. So that's why they're saying that uh, these that porn actors are at risk for HIV, even it though they don't like really, uh, you know, consider it. Now, naysayers, you know, people in the industry. Argue that it's beyond the reach of government to dictate who wears what when consenting adults go about their business. That's clearly not true. Well, why why should the government enforce the wearing
3: of condoms? Because just like you said, it's just like any other business, factory, assembly line. The government comes in and tells the fact the the factory, the owners, like you have to follow these safety procedures. We're not just gonna. This isn't rural China where you can just dump toxins into like you know babies' cribs and stuff.
2: Wackily and his martial law. Do you want the government coming into your bedroom and saying, where's your condom?
3: My, my your be- dental My dam? bedroom is the furthest thing from an assembly line. <laughs> my bedroom's like the, the, you know, what's that movie? The Tucker? <laughs> you make one car every three years, maybe. But That's I, my bedroom. I
2: agree with what you're saying. They're these not are, messing with me. These are paid actors of an industry. Right. You know, much like people working, you know, at the GM plant. Yeah, or the Toyota factory. Right.
3: You got to follow safety procedures, wear your PPE. Yep. Your personal protective equipment. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and that's, that's a, a, condom, and in that's a condom in this business. And that's a
2: condom um, in this business. But there, there's also other people, and this is a less emphasized point, but a critical concern for, I think, the porn viewers and the porn actors as well and the, and the producers and directors is that the presence of condoms may chill, porn sizzle, may <laughs> shatter the fantasy.
3: <laughs> yeah. May destroy the illusion. Yeah, yeah. dudes are going to stop jacking off because there's condoms in the porn. <laughs> that's a good point.
2: But, I mean, don't, don't you think it kind of detracts from the fantasy? It's like when you have to see somebody fumbling around with a condom, putting it on. It's like, okay, this is almost <laughs> too real.
3: Once again, that's the wackerly realism. Oh, oh, I forgot to buy him. Okay, well, I'm just going to jerk off for the toilet. <laughs> that's a great I, point. I, I'm
2: just saying, I, I almost think it's too real.
3: Here, I, w- I will make another analogy, though. Uh, here's where the problem would be. Like let's say dudes do prefer the non condom porn and in Eastern Europe or Mexico, the porns made there don't require, don't require condoms. condoms. So then all the porn viewing money, you know, for people who actually pay for pay for porn is going to the, you know, out of the country. They're taking our jobs. And they're taking you know, our
2: blowjobs. And that's a legitimate point, Wackley. Mm-hmm. Underneath this condom debate, uh the underlying um the underlying fact factor here is that it's there's a large financial story porn's an enormous business in fact the annual income they
3: estimate here from pornography Let me guess cuz i think i know 4 billion 5 billion dollars million or billion 5 billion billion
2: yeah That's is what close. they estimate
3: yeah
2: i mean which shames traditional hollywood pictures which yeah. it only comes in about uh, 3 billion dollars
3: dude i can't jerk off to avatar <laughs> Well, in the theater. Or actually, yeah, in the theater, because you'll get arrested. Later, but most of the
2: action is filmed in California, specifically in the San Fernando Valley. And the state has an interest in preserving porn's tax revenue, thirty six million dollars a year. Twelve thousand jobs. Yes. So if, if these jobs, if this money was taken away, I mean we're already in a critical financial situation.
3: These pornography and things like this, yes, that brings in lots of revenue to the to the state and things like that. And, uh, yes, we love the porn business.
2: If I wasn't in the Terminator, <laughs> I would have been a porn star. The Porninator. I'm surprised Arnold didn't do porn. Didn't Stallone do porn? I, can't I thought he started, I thought One he of his wives did, I think. Well, one thing um, uh, Maybe proponents, Frank Stallone. <laughs> proponents of uh, you know, the AIDS advocacy groups and proponents of uh, getting condoms in the adult industry is they say one advantage of interposing a condom into the ongoing riot of porn conjugation is the chance that viewers may absorb the message about safe sex. Learn by
3: example. That's a social engineering thing that I just don't agree with.
2: Do, do you th- how realistic do you think this is? They say that uh, they liken it to you know, uh, uh, not allowing actors to smoke cigarettes in movies. Because they kind of started disallowing actors to do that in the past 10 years, On 15 TV years. On TV,
3: maybe, but in movies, everybody smokes. Not as not as, it's not as
2: prevalent as it was back in the eighties.
3: I think it is. I, I and I think now I think it's even heightened because now when you see somebody smoking, it's like a bigger psychological impact. You know, you're like, oh yeah, you're cool.
2: even more badass. You're now. even <laughs> a bigger cool dude. Uh, but
3: I I, mean, I I just think that like there's 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 idiots who have like casual sex. And don't wear condoms and just bareback back it and, and say shit like, Oh, I can look at a chick and tell if she's clean or not <laughs> And then there's people who wear condoms and, and what kind of if a dude in a porno in a porno they're watching has a condom on or not, that that's not gonna change your mind. Even Tiger Woods was fucking all those skanks without condoms on. Tiger in the butt too.
2: Tiger was wearing a condom.
3: No, no, no. This is you haven't been watching this. Like all these thirty chicks are like, yeah, he barebacked me all the time, and he like jizzed right in my pussy, and just I told him I was. You gotta on birth be control. kidding me. No, and then he would go home and fuck his wife. Tiger so.
2: fucked them like a
3: pimp that he is, and then he would go home and fuck his wife. I mean, it's one thing to get caught cheating; it's another thing for your yeah. wife, your the mother, your kid to say, "I have gonorrhea. <laughs> Why do I have gonorrhea? I haven't been sleeping around."
2: I'm amazed that Tiger Woods would take that much of a risk. understand. he's
3: worth like millions and millions of dollars. He, he
2: can he, buy millions and millions of
3: condoms. Well, regardless of the STD issue, if he knocks one of these chicks up, that's like a direct hand into his bank account that this chick has.
2: No, I know. I mean, the risk factors, there's so many levels to it. <laughs> I'm surprised now, because he's been losing all these sponsors, that like Trojan or Lifestyles doesn't go after him. Like, hey, what's up, Tiger? Come on.
3: Oh, there's still time for that, dude. I <laughs> wouldn't count that out yet. I, I just think it would be funny if he became like Tiger Woods, once uh, incredible, legendary golfer. Now the golfer that has uh, leprosy. <laughs> everybody still goes out and like, ah, he looks like a zombie. His still arm swinging.
2: falls off while he's like swinging at the, the his hair the is all
3: patchy and like he's got like disgusting
2: scabs. So you're saying That'd be great. that the people. By that, I mean Tiger Woods, who don't use condoms and have never used condoms and probably won't use condoms, will not be influenced in any way by
3: what they see in that porn? Maybe there's like 1% on the margin that were always like, I don't use condoms and I know it's stupid, but it's just those pornos look so great and those dudes don't wear condoms and then they're going to be like, oh wait, the porno actors do wear condoms, okay. But that's, like, that's like five dudes in the whole country. But, but don't the rest you of think, them are just like, I don't want condoms.
2: But don't you think when you're it's not natural? But when you're bombarded with these images, every porn that you rent, every porn scene that you see, someone's wearing a condom. Don't you think it would normalize protected sex in the minds of the populace? Like People would see that and say, oh, okay, I guess everyone does wear a condom.
3: If it's not normalized yet, like I said, George Michael's been telling us this from the the (laughs) the 80s. If If you're not listening to George Michael from the 80s, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, my question is, where does it stop? Those people with, with that are that stupid, that they just will have casual sex and not wear condoms. They should have a condom like sewed to their dick.
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> well, my opinion. That's that's what I'm going where I'm going here. Is where does it stop? Like so, once they mandate the use of condoms. Do they keep going to dental dams and disposable gloves? I mean, what, nobody at, at wants what point?
1: See, nobody
3: wants to see somebody give what, up on the see, dental could, dam.
2: could you get off watching a girl? You know, okay, you can get off watching a guy fuck a girl with a condom. But could you get off with a lesbian scene when she's like, oh, wait, hold on a second, let me get out the dental dam.
3: How many dental dams have been used in the history of the world? Two. <laughs> <laughs> the dude who invented it and Barbara
2: and Bush. <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> Well, She's it was in Arnold girlfriend
3: with Barbara Bush to be fair. <laughs> We're both right.
2: But uh, the, my main th- my main concern with uh, that was seeing porn stars using condoms and this is my main concern what I kept thinking about was going through my head when I was watching the porns on Sunday is are porn stars human? Are they? Wack? Think about I know this is a bit of a meta- metaphysical con- like concept here. But are porn stars human? Some are some aren't. Well, we okay. We as a society go to great lengths to humanize movie stars. You know, we have Us Weekly, we have all these other tabloids, People Magazine, that like show us, oh, they're just like us. Look, they go to stores. Here's Tom and Kate, you know, shopping at the Safeway. You know, here's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, like buying dog food. Do you digitize Us Weekly at your job or something? No, I mean, we have to <laughs> You're see. Very this. familiar with it. Well, I'm just saying. It's like, or, or, you know, TMZ.com or Gawker or all I these different sites. I only know you're familiar
3: with it because I'm familiar <laughs> with it, okay? And I don't have a magazine digitization But do
2: job. they do they have an Us Weekly for porn stars? No, because these people are subhuman. Yeah, but I would fucking... They're not subhuman. That's They're just not human. Idea. That's,
3: that idea is brilliant, though. I would read the shit out of that. Just to
2: see what porn stars do in their regular lives? Yeah. I didn't think we
3: could, we still old and here he is buying a Slurpee from the 7-Eleven in San Fernando. Wouldn't that be great? I I feel though I don't think it would be popular Here's- because
2: <laughs> we're unwilling to humanize these people because we think it's it's not human to do what they do. They have these like, you know, foot-long members. We don't have foot-long members. You know they got these Excuse cavernous yourself. vaginas that can take 6 cocks at a time. <laughs> you know that we think they're freaks of nature and that's why I don't want condoms in porn is because I don't want to see a lion tamer, you know, wearing a Kevlar jacket when he's going to t- to, uh, you know, beat the lions. <laughs> <laughs> tame, tame, The tame term is tame. I mean, tame the lions. That's a good you point. And, I, you know, and, the, and the, the converse source. of
3: what I was saying before is why is a lion tamer allowed to engage in, in dangerous behavior? I mean, isn't that a job that should be regulated? So if he's not, yeah, maybe the porno guys and gals shouldn't either.
2: They, you know, they walk the razor's edge. They're performers. Yes. And by wearing a condom, it's like you know, they got the bulletproof jacket on.
3: To be fair, though, those lions have all their teeth removed <laughs> with a hammer. <laughs> and their claws pulled out with a pair of pliers.
2: So in my opinion, it does bother me. And it does shatter the illusion. I know you say you don't care, but watch three hours of porn with people wearing condoms and see what you think. But I say we get a professional's opinion. I'll be opinion. just as chafed as you are. I guarantee it. I say we get a professional's opinion. Right, let's, let's call let's up go. Holly Stevens. And uh, see what she has to say about the wearing of condoms. Hello? Holly? Yes? How's it going? It's Dee and Lance calling from Sick and Wrong. How you doing?
1: Fantastic.
2: Fantastic. Um, I hope we're not bothering you right now, uh, but we have a, we're, we're currently in the middle of a debate here about uh, condoms in the adult industry. And since um, we, we don't know any other like, authority in the industry other than you... We 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 feel like uh, your opinion would be valid here. All right. So I uh, hope you have a minute. Um I you know I read on uh on your most recent Facebook. You're in Vegas right now. Yes. Are you gambling while we're uh, are you at a you're at like a show right now, a topless review?
1: Actually, I am sitting in my hotel room right now having a margarita watching Aqua Teen. <laughs>
2: Well, you know that's very atypical of what people usually do in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Are you just
3: over the Vegas Strip?
1: Uh, I am in Vegas quite a bit, so I'm I'm probably gonna go out later. Did
3: that's you, the thing about Vegas. I mean, you can stay in until midnight, then go out and still have a full night ahead of you.
2: Yeah, because nothing ever shuts down. Exactly. Well, what, what what brings you to Vegas? Are you working? Um,
1: actually, my slave invited me out here with his wife.
2: A slave.
1: Yes.
2: Wow. So you are actually working, I guess. Sort of. Is, it, is that a working relationship having a slave?
1: Um, in a way, yeah. But
2: I've always wondered about that. What What do you make your slave do? Like, will they do anything? Are there limits to what they'll do?
1: Um, has to do whatever I say. They want to make me happy.
2: Anything from like. Mm-hmm. Wiping your ass to going and fetching some chocolate milk.
1: Whatever, whatever I want.
2: So what have you made your slave do thus far?
1: Uh, I haven't really made him do anything yet. Um,
3: Nothing like humiliating.
1: No, no, not too much.
3: What's the casino that's shaped like a pyramid? The Luxor. It'll be the Luxor. You should have your slave build you one. <laughs> Just go biblical. Be like, you're really a slave now. Get some rocks out of the mountains and build me a pyramid, a tomb for the ages.
1: He just finished making me margaritas and gave me a pen. Pedic- yeah, that's
3: good enough. Actually, that's kind <laughs> of cool. I, yeah. like, I think place.
2: if I had a slave, I'd probably make him do the same thing.
3: <laughs> what would I rather have? A pyramid or a margarita? Margarita.
2: Or margarita would, sure. would be more, you know, uh, fulfilling. Yeah, and it'd be margar- more immediate. That's for sure. <laughs> So anyway, Holly, I don't know if you've uh, if you you know about this debate that's going on right now, but I've heard that uh, California's OSHA is determining whether or not to um, to mandate at porn actors to uh, use condoms uh, while filming, and uh, they're going to you know try to in, in, in pass legislation to enforce this law. And so we're discussing it whether or not it detracts from the fantasy of porn. Does it destroy porn if uh, the actors are in condoms?
1: It doesn't destroy, but I don't think OSHA should get in the middle of it. I mean, if OSHA wants to get in the middle of putting rubbers on cocks, I mean, what are they going to do about anal fisting? Should everyone wear a glove now?
2: Well, you know, that was my point. Are they going to enforce dental dams and lesbian porn?
1: Yeah, so when, yeah, you're eating pussy, do you want to... Yeah, it's like, really, do we need to go that far? So, have you ever used the dental Everyone, and everyone in the industry is tested. They're tested once a month, which doesn't always mean that they're clean, because someone can get tested one day and go out and, like, you know...
2: How is that enforced? The
1: next night, but...
2: How is that enforced? Like, how do they, uh, you know, force you to go get tested? I mean, do you, do you just show up and say, yeah, you know, here's my badge of cleanliness?
1: It's required. And everyone goes through the same company, which is kind of fucked up, because uh, the drawing... Or actually the whole company that everybody goes through, you know, to get tested, they have a full monopoly. But at the same time it's a good thing because no one can like lie on their test or anything and be like, Yeah, I'm clean and give everyone the gagas.
2: So you can't go to like the city clinic and get tested? You have to go to like a specific company?
1: Yes, you do.
2: I never well, knew. What this. do
1: they what will they
3: give you?
2: The, the- gagas? <laughs> you do not want the gagas wackily. I've never
3: heard that term before, I'm interested. The just all, all STDs put together. <laughs>
2: what? It's just one giant STD. <laughs> never mind. Never Seriously, mind. your dick turns purple. But so, how many scenes have you filmed oh, wow. where you're wearing a condom? Or not you, but where your partner is wearing a condom?
1: I, I didn't hear all of what you said. What was how that? many
2: How many scenes have you ever filmed in your career where your partner is wearing a condom?
1: Oh, God. Um, I could probably count them all in one hand.
2: Wow. So really not that many. So in your experience, most people don't wear condoms. And do, I mean, do do male actors, are they against the wearing condoms? Like do they, are you know, do they feel it would salt their game, cramp their style?
1: No, uh, it's just, no, it's up to the companies.
0: Because
1: hmm. um, like Playboy and Wicked, um, they require condoms, but that's pretty much it. Everybody else in the business does not want you to wear a condom because they believe it does kill the fantasy which whatever it's still a dick going in a pussy so
3: yeah whatever okay. <laughs> I, I'm behind this I think it's a good idea I don't see why you think it's a good idea you think you're not going to notice it I I won't notice it I'm still going to jerk off to porn it won't bother me and you know like I, I don't want people getting AIDS
0: well
1: would, would it hurt your heart on if you see a dude with a condom banging a chick
3: No, not at all. (laughs) Okay, but
2: what I'm saying is what you brought up before. No, it's not going to hurt my heart on seeing a a dude put on a condom and bang a chick. But watching two chicks going at it with a dental dam, (laughs) I don't find that arousing.
3: Yeah, dental dam is
2: a deal breaker. Dental dam is a boner killer. Dental
1: dams actually are one of the number one causes of killing dolphins.
2: Dental dams, yes. I've read that.
1: Yeah, from flushing them down the toilet.
2: Isn't it just saran wrap?
1: It dolphins choke on it
2: <laughs> Have you ever used a dental dam in the scene?
1: I have never used Wait, no that's not true I did with Belladonna once But that was just kind of as a joke
0: <laughs> Right
1: It was because we were both dressed in latex And you know, dildam's latex So we just kind of went with the old latex name I, would... I can't
3: imagine Where do you even buy a dental dam? I've never seen one in my life I, I think I've you, heard you of you can they're really
1: like mythical.
2: You can get one at like uh, the Safeway or something, can't you? I don't know. <laughs> where would you even I
1: go? I have no idea. I,
2: I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've always wondered that. So I guess I, I see your point. Do you think Do you think legislation like this would ever be passed in the state of California?
1: No, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think it'll pass.
3: Yeah.
2: Kind
1: of like the whole indecency law too, where it's like, what do you consider indecent and whatnot? I mean, what, you know what should you protect and what shouldn't, you, you know, say someone has a hangnail on their hand, they piss someone's ass.
3: I mean, well, no, it's, it, it's, it's true.
2: It's, it, it, no, I think it's, you, you know, cut. I mean, it's, yeah,
3: I think it's, can I ask you a tangential question? What's to stop me? So prostitution is illegal, right? Yeah. What's to stop yeah. me from picking up a prostitute, paying her for sex, but filming it, and when I get busted by the cops saying that, oh, no, I'm filming a pornographic movie, and I, I yes, I did pay her, but she's an actress, and I'm, and I'm the actor-slash-director-slash-producer. Lack of credentials? Uh,
1: that's really not going to work. Why not? You'd have to have paperwork and all that stuff.
3: That's what I'm saying. Lack of credentials. There's a certification involved. Okay, that's I've always it's been curious, and of- now I know. I know. Now I know what certification to go get. <laughs> <laughs> now you just gotta get a T-shirt or like a satin jacket <laughs> or a press card for my hat, but it says porn. And that instead. might work. That okay, might work. Got it.
2: All right. So, was- so in your mind, Holly, do you prefer? Or do you just? Are you completely indifferent to whether an actor's wearing a condom or not? Like, if you're watching the, you know, that four hour midget porn tape that you gave me this weekend,
1: mm-hmm. would
2: you be? Like would you be less aroused if the midget was wearing a condom?
1: Uh, no, not really.
2: So you're indifferent to it? doesn't bother you?
1: I don't really care. I care more about watching the midget fuck a chick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the sex the midget, act itself. Does the
3: midget have a normal-sized dick?
2: Yeah, dude. You you, th- you know, midgets are surprisingly hung oh. for their
3: size. They're, well, their small stature. Well, a lot more blood can pump into the cock because it doesn't have to go around some giant body.
2: Exactly. Nice. I think that's why girls like them. Yeah. So, uh, Holly, um, you know, thank, you for being, thank you for your input here. I think you've uh, really elucidated the matter for us. Well, uh, Holly, enjoy the rest of your stay in Vegas, and thanks for, um, for uh, weighing in here on the debate, the condom debate.
1: All right.
2: I'll talk nice. to you later.
1: Okay, bye.
2: So there you go, Wackerly, from a porn star herself. She doesn't care whether right. or not the actors wear, wear condoms. Yeah. It's good to know. I, good to know. I,
1: I think she, she
3: should have an opinion, though. Well, I think I I don't want to see Ollie get AIDS or something. No, you know, but she feels like the 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 regulations that are or the procedures that are in place are keeping protect her her enough. Yeah.
2: But I mean, the simple fact, people, porn's not going anywhere. It's been around for thousands of years. We're going to jerk off today. We're going to jerk off tomorrow and we're going to be jerking off 30 years from now. So whether or not people are wearing condoms, it's irrelevant.
3: And let me say this, before I talked about how, like, maybe the, the, the porn aficionado who, who does not like condoms might go and watch the Eastern European porn where there's no regulation, there's nothing that will kill my boner faster than watching TV Love Sex, and then instead of saying, oh man, slam me with your big hard dick, she goes, I think I got a big, oh, papa, I hate that shit.
2: You just don't like the foreigners
3: in your porn? Foreigners, yes, but at least have like foreigners
2: a... Foreigners speaking in your le- no, porn. No, at
3: least have a thick accent, but speak English. <laughs> I don't want to hear some crazy fucking Kyrgyzstan language or anything like that.
2: No, it, it does kind of ruin it for me. It too.
3: totally ruins it. Yeah.
2: Well, we'll see. People, this is episode uh, 222 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show, episode
3: 221.
2: We did three listener stories. A listener one sent in a story about no more flying toilets in Kenya. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: No need. They have the pee-poo now. A listener two sent a story about weekend at Bernie's on an airplane.
3: In Germany. In Germany. (laughs) On the way to Germany.
2: And listener three sent a story about a guy who calls himself the Dear Commander. Um, You know what's funny is uh, we we got a lot of people that... um, gave us consolation votes. They, uh, they they wrote in saying, I didn't find any of these stories that sick, so I just voted for the one that was kind of sickest. Well, or uh, my favorite is this note from here from Scrappy, who said, I'm only picking this one because the others are not sick and wrong at all. The Kenya one is the exact opposite. They're helping the bag of shit problem, not causing it.
3: Right, but the fact that the bag of shit problem exists... Is <laughs> sick
2: in itself. So I think that story's a little bit over the heads of our listening audience mm-hmm. but the story that came in first in one episode 221 was the dear commander story it came in with 100 votes yeah. uh the poo story in kenya came out second with 81 and uh the weekend of bernie's came in third with 49 votes interesting yeah so uh congratulations there dear commander or a person who sent the Dear Commander story. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were upset because we were talking about Dear Commander in the video and the DVD, but the website was taken down so people okay. couldn't even see it. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacken and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. The audience votes, and the winner gets a Sick and Wrong Care Package. You can mail your story to Sick and Wrong Podcast at com, or submit them directly through the forum or through Facebook. A lot of people send stories through Facebook.
3: Facebook is the new medium of our future.
2: Yeah, no, Facebook is changing the way we perceive the media. Right. It certainly is. I think Facebook should wear a condom.
3: Anybody on Facebook should wear a condom. (laughs) At all
2: times. Well, we got three really good listener stories. But before we get to the stories here for episode 222, how about a word from our sponsor, Adam and Eve?
3: Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE.
0: You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you.
2: So there you go, people. AdamandEve.com. Just use the word diddle, D-I-D-D-L-E, when you check out. So wackily, I don't recall who started last week. You know, actually, as a matter of fact, I don't even recall the stories that we did last week. We just talked about them two minutes ago. Don't look at me. Yeah. So why don't you kick off episode 222 with your first listener submission. <laughs>
3: Lori from England writes in, When I got divorced, I threw a party, got wasted, and fucked a bartender. (laughs) But I never invited my ex to the divorce party. Anyway, I hope you read this story. Love you guys, Lori. The headline is, Marsk woman stabbed to death on day of divorce party. Northern England. Probably Chavs. Which I think that's also Lori's comment. Did Chavs get married? (laughs) There's just like common law marriage.
2: Yeah, I'm not not quite sure how the marriage ritual works in the chav community. Baby's daddy,
3: baby's mama scenario.
2: Yeah, I imagine it's probably forced. It's probably a lot of wedlock that goes on in the chav community.
3: Right. Well, apparently Brian Jones, who's 63. From the Rolling Stones? (laughs) I thought uh, thought that was the guy's name. I always knew that guy was a chav. chav. (laughs) Anyway, he's 63, this guy. He's from Marsk near Redcar. That's a good reference. He denies murdering Katrina Jones, who's 34. Wow. Robbing the cradle, Brian. Last November, saying he was provoked by her celebration. There were banners declaring, the party's here, and congratulations. Mr. Jones was staying next door with a neighbor of, uh, what's her name, Katrina, even though he was renting a flat on another street. So he's sort of like stalking her, apparently. And uh, Katrina is having a divorce party, as I stated before. Uh,
2: do do women do that on a regular basis? Like when they get divorced? I mean do do divorcees do that? Is that is that de rigueur? Is that normal? Do people do that? Have a I divorce think party? I, who, I can see why, but I mean
3: Well I mean, how do you how do you look at divorce? Do you think that in in most divorces there's a winner and a loser? There's the person who's like, oh my god, I find it it's ended, thank God, and then there's the person who's like the sad clown. Well, or do you think it's normally like both people are like, oh Jesus, that was horrible, I'm glad it's over.
2: I think that would be a case by case basis. I imagine there's certain people that are just like, you know, it's really sad, it just wasn't working out. No need to celebrate, but then I'm sure there's other people like, "What a fucking asshole! Ruined my life. You're gone. You're out of my life now. I'm yeah. gonna party, get a pizza, a big party sub, and uh, you know, a couple balls, some pot, a couple balls of Jack Daniel, and then go yeah. fuck a bartender."
3: Depending you. on the situation, I think at least one and maybe both people are partying. Whether they have, throw a, an official party or whether they're just partying, that's just semantics, right? Does party
2: involve like I mean, does part does party in- def- include hiring a hooker, going to Vegas? Would that be considered partying?
3: Yeah, it would be considered party. I don't think it's mandatory, but yeah, that's a good party. A okay, good divorce I, I party. Could, I could
2: see myself doing something like that, or at yeah. least hitting the strip club.
3: Yeah, yeah. Do, I mean, here's the thing: Do you want your friends along, or do you want to fly solo and get all the tail you can and not share it with anybody else? Am I paying for it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go somewhere. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a funny question, because you, do you honestly think this is like a bachelor party where your friends are like, oh, you're getting married, we're going to take you to a strip club and and spend and get you lap dances well, and, I think and that's, buy you a bunch of booze? Nobody's doing that shit for you when you get divorced? I think
2: that's what these people consider. I think this woman and her friends are like, yeah, let's throw another bachelorette party, but this is an emancipation party. You
3: are fucking dreaming, dude. I, think I is, might put some streamers up and some like used Thanksgiving decorations like a little turkey on the wall. Oh, happy divorce, D.
2: Well, actually, there are so many divorces in this day and age. The prevalence of divorces leads it to be a celebratory occasion. Right. And I think it has the same weight as a bachelor or <laughs> bachelor party.
3: The fact that there's so many of them is why I'm against making it something where all your friends have to pay for it for you. If you throw a divorce party, I will come. I will get fucked up. I'll jerk off on a stripper's tits. But I'm not paying for any of that shit. What
2: if you really hated my uh, ex-spouse?
3: I'll bring a fifth of Jack Daniels, okay? And <laughs> a, a rolled-up penthouse. That's as much as I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Because you're assuming... I've already put money into the bachelor party, which is why you were married to begin with. Right.
2: Which I would say you're uh, you know, complicit in that horrible you're marriage. Not you're not going to get me... You're contributing look, to it.
3: You're not going to get me coming <laughs> and going, okay? You get me coming, that's it. And going, I'll come and hang out, but I'm not paying... <laughs> You made me lose my fucking cheap place. bastard. You made me lose my fucking place. Um, she had she had this divorce party, so he sees these banners saying the party's here. Congratulations. He also sees a photo of himself that says "Pin the tail on the x I <laughs> I assume that means ex-husband.
2: So she had a picture of him on the door.
3: Yeah. And so what does a what does a sixty-three-year-old male from Marsk in the north of England do when that happens? Too I'm, late. Red rage. Yeah, I imagine he would be seeing red. He stabbed her with a. little bit of the ultra violence going on there. He stabbed her with a kitchen knife before ringing, and this is just so England, before ringing 999 <laughs> and telling the operator, oh, I have stabbed my wife. Please come quickly. Will you please come over and save her?
2: I don't understand the instant remorse that they get in England. Well, is it just reg- because he has regrets, is it? You know what it is? Regrets, it's that he's had heightened a few. sense of propriety that they have. But over then there? again,
3: too spewed to mention. That <laughs> song. Uh, I don't. It's unclear to me whether he was so Laurie, the woman who sent, or the girl who, or, you know, the lassie who sent the story, and implies that he was invited to the party. But that's not clear to me. He was sort of staying with a neighbor next door or nearby. And I think he might have crashed it, which is okay, just so not good form. He
2: was staying next door, and then he sees like this party going on at his former household. Either through there's the windows. There's streamers. There's a picture of him where people are pinning the tail on his face.
3: Right. And so he, sees he just it, saw red. Either through the windows or they've hung up decorations outside or on the apartment door or something, right? So he stabs her. and 911 immediately regrets it. I've stabbed my wife. Please come quickly. Hey, buddy, your ex-wife, remember the divorce? <laughs>
2: what What did the other party goers do? Were they just kind of like, okay, we're going to leave now?
3: Yeah. No one ate my Jello mold, I'm going to take it back home with me? Took the Jack Daniels and the rolled up pe- penthouse. <laughs> Later, he told the call handler, I don't want her to die, I love her to bits. The body They're of Mrs. Life. Jones was found with a streamer draped across it.
2: <laughs> Party's over.
3: <laughs> uh... i wish my memory worked better what's that song it's my party and i'll (laughs) die if i want to die if i want to ex-husband killed me catchy you could do it if it happened to you i do like Um, that touch though yeah that song you mean no the streamer streamer (laughs) yeah the streamer's good that's good they had a 10-year marriage. I'd have put a bit
2: of frosting on her nose.
3: Mrs. Jones started the divorce proceedings after she began an affair with an old friend. I hope it was her old friend and I. his old friend. <laughs> D, <laughs> look me in the eye when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Jones had told her new lover that her husband had warned that if he couldn't have her, no other man could. Wow. He's pleading innocent... Um, you don't
2: take that threat lightly. No, he's pleading
3: yeah. innocence based on diminished responsibility and provocation. Your Honor, I'm not responsible because I had diminished responsibility and I was provoked.
2: Your Honor, they are having a party because, <laughs> I, because she just got a divorce. It's basically Brian at an asshole
3: party, right?
2: Yeah, no, it's basically... I'd be pissed my, off too. My ex-husband's a prick and we're going to all make fun of him and toast to the fact that he's such an asshole and I'm free now.
3: Yeah, it's like you know, swing low, sweet chariot, my bonds have been broken, that dick is gone.
2: I don't know if I would have murdered her, but I definitely would have put, like, sugar in their gas tanks.
3: But you would have been in Vegas with a stripper, remember? That's his problem. I mean, what's oh, yeah. the what's the Northern England equivalent of Vegas? Monaco? No, that's too high end. The pub? I'm yeah, not sure. Can you gamble sure.
2: there? You got the I'm, fruit machine, right? You can play darts. They play darts. Gamble they gamble on, on dart. darts.
3: It's not the same as just sitting there mindlessly with a giant triple sky you know pulling I'd be, the handle on the slot machine.
2: I'd be, I'd be willing to wager a few pence though that the hookers in Vegas are better looking than the than the hookers in Marsk or wherever in northern England that town is. <laughs> You're probably right.
3: <laughs> Although every time we say this, some northern England chick friends me on Facebook and they're always like incredibly hot.
2: Yeah. Well we're speaking generalities here on the show.
3: We're speaking complete untruths on the yeah. show, so on so the single wrong
2: it. star scale, um, yeah, you know it's 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 unfortunate that her ex husband was in the vicinity while the divorce party was going Let on. Let me do what
3: you do. And don't forget people. That as he was stabbing her, he immediately regretted it, and he will regret it for the rest of his life. That uh, maybe he could have patched things up, and that's why he lovingly placed the streamer across her <laughs> eye and pussy. A solitary tear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to amp up the like melodrama because that's what you always do.
2: But what I'm saying about this story, though, and you know, and that's why I don't want to rate it high in the sticker on so, There were revelers at the party. He came in there, and he ended up murdering all these people? No, no, Or no, murdering her. her, murdering the wife yeah, in front of the get people?
3: Any, they didn't get any statements from the other revelers, which makes me think, as soon as she got stabbed, they all just took off. Which, they all took off running. Which reinforces her conjecture, that, Lori's conjecture, that they are probably chaffs. And yeah. had drugs on them. And what do they call those things? The... Uh, Asbos. Uh, yeah, they probably had Asbos. Many Asbos. social behavior ordinance already, and they didn't want to get thrown in the Had this
2: run. been in Oakland, there probably would have been a lot of shooting, and the body count would have been a bit higher. A bit. But um, it's a different country, yes. after all, so you have to... Um, you know, rated accordingly. I'm going yeah, well, to give
3: that a 4.75. The other thing about Oakland is nobody's married to begin with. <laughs> so <laughs> divorce is not an issue.
2: They don't have marriage in Oakland for gays no. or straights.
3: There's, there's baby's daddy, baby's mama, you know. I might have knocked her up, might not have on the down low. Yeah. Marriage, not happening.
2: Absentee dad, very common. I'm going to give that a
3: 4.75. Really? Yeah. I'm giving it a 4.25. Because I would have liked, I would have liked to have, at least the, for the cops to c- collar one of the revelers as they were running out the back door and say, "Oi, what happened here, mate?" <laughs> that, that's a well, cop from Australia that moved to that the moved of England. to England. Yeah. So don't fuck with me about his accent. That's what he sounded like.
2: So my story actually uh, occurred here in this country, St. Paul, Minnesota, to be exact. It was sent in by Kat, who apparently is from Walnut Creek. Kat writes in, man beats up his quad amputee girlfriend because of her, quote unquote, deadly nubs. Hmm. Deadly nubs. You're going to find out what these deadly <laughs> nubs are.
3: No, are, are these d- nubs deadly sexy or actually deadly?
2: Um, I'll, I'll, leave. I'll leave you I'll leave, I'll leave you to figure that out there, sure, Wackley. St. Sure. Paul man charged with beating up quadruple amputee will turn himself into the police.
3: That's the worst kind of amputee you can be.
2: Quadruple amputee. Well, you know what? By quadruple amputee implies you have no arms, you have no legs, so essentially you're a rug. Yeah. Or a sculpture, a piece of furniture. A buoy. A buoy, yeah. <laughs> a St. Paul man charged with beating up a quadruple amputee last week admitted... That he had hit the woman, but only after she had hit him first.
3: With the nub? Now think about that. She got a headbutt at him.
2: How does a quadruple amputee make the first strike? Very sneakily. <laughs> I mean, dude, she has no arms, she has no legs, so yeah, I guess if he was in headbutting range, which is what, like a foot away from her?
3: Well, she can't really lean forward that much, or she falls out of her chair. So let's say six inches.
2: Do they do quadruple amputees sit in a wheelchair? Because how do they move the wheelchair?
3: What else would they sit in? Bean bag. A bean bag.
0: <laughs>
2: Gotta be a bean bag. A bean bag on wheels?
3: A wheel a, bean bag? Just a bean bag.
2: You put them in a bean bag and then they have like a Chewbacca backpack.
3: I think they should be in sort of a, a, suspend, a suspended gel inside a giant hamster wheel. That actually would make with a, sense. With a snorkel so they can breathe through the gel. But can the
2: gel move the wheel?
3: They could probably figure it out. They can move their, they can swirl their little limbs, their nubs, <laughs> and get that moving, and then the friction will move the ball.
2: Well, I don't know if Jacoby Laquan
3: I don't know Smith... Why I, make, I don't know why I'm making visual <laughs> motions just for you to see, because this is a podcast, an audio podcast.
2: I'm not sure if Jacoby Laquan Smith could have afforded the uh, bubble with the gelatinous substance. Do
3: you just own the beanbag?
2: Well, I think the east side of St. Paul, Minnesota, isn't probably the most lavish luxurious community
3: i've actually been there have you yeah is it pretty ghetto yeah
2: i imagine (laughs) so jacoby got angry at his girlfriend tisha bell because she blocked his view of the television in their apartment which i imagine (laughs) that's a problem with most quadriplegics because they're always in the way they can't move out of the way
3: if you've got like a 15 inch tv yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying it's
2: like you know you got to position them in front of the TV. Depending on where you're sitting, they're probably in the way. But you never see a fat quadriplegic. Well, especially when they don't have any arms or legs.
3: That's what I'm saying.
2: Um, maybe, maybe you know I don't. I, I, I've I never imagined, seen one. I guess Someone I. So, how many quadriplegics
3: like, have you seen? Well, on in real life or on TV?
2: Uh, either or. I mean, this person's just uh, essentially a torso. Right, but not a fat one. A svelte torso. A svelte torso. I just thought, but how do they work out?
1: <laughs>
3: Let's move on with the story. There's a lot of We're, no, we're going down a rabbit, <laughs> hole. A lot of down a rabbit okay. hole of how quadriplegics live their life, and we might be here four hours later. So
2: Jacoby was upset that she was in his way. He then threw her to the floor and punched Belle in the face more than ten times. Wow. You know... Takes a big man to beat up on
3: a quadriplegic woman.
2: Exactly. I think this is entirely his actions were entirely unwarranted. Um, he could have just picked her up and put her in the closet. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's you know, he didn't need to smash her in the face. Or 10 times. or
3: put the beanbag on top of her.
2: Yeah, and she'd have been gone. Smith said the dispute with Bell started with an argument over whether she was seeing another man. So apparently, there's more to the story than just the blocking of the television set. Wait! Wait!
3: Wait! Wait! wait. <laughs> The quad was cheating on him?
2: Smith said, I had been dealing with her cheating on me for quite some time now.
3: (laughs) So So this is pent-up aggression. This is retaliatory. (laughs) So does the backdoor man come to the beanbag while while Jacoby's at work? Or does the quad somehow make it over to this dude's house? Somehow. Is there like a quad transit person who comes and picks her up like, Hello, ma'am. I'm here to take you to your, your, you know, your miss... What's a... What's a male version of a mistress?
2: Mister? A suitor. suitor. Yes. But I imagine that, uh, you know, what, what did the suitor, but did the suitor himself sneak into the apartment when Jacoby drank like one too many 40s and just kind of picked her up under his arm and snuck out of the house? Like he's carrying. Yeah, that's what I'm I don't know. You know
3: I, I wonder how that works. You, you're assuming that Jacoby doesn't have a job, he never leaves the place?
2: You know, this is the Lower East Side of uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. But, you know, wackily, I, I, what I want to... I don't want you to undervalue this statement. is the, the obvious here. He was being cuckolded by an amputee. Yeah. That's insult to injury. Not only is that woman, you know, having sex behind his back... She has no arms or legs. And he probably has to wipe her ass twice a day. Well, I mean, exactly. But, I mean, she has no arms or legs, so she's really making a Herculean effort to go out and fuck somebody behind his back.
3: Yeah, but dudes are dogs, though. There's probably some guy who will come in there while he's, even if he doesn't have a job, he's got to go pick up his welfare check. That's true. There's some guy who's going to slip in and, and slip it in. Well, I'm well, amazed doing that
2: I'm amazed that there's a guy to be with that's even having sex with her. I
3: would probably do it.
2: <laughs> you would never date a quadriplegic.
3: No, I'm not dating her. I'm fucking her I'm behind <laughs> her man, her boss, you know boyfriend's back.
2: Blowjob? Maybe. Um, Smith said that well, the a quadriplegic
3: cannot give a good blowjob. No hands There's involved. no leverage, no hand action, no ball tickling, no backdoor, you know, exploratory I bet you their tongues are really strong. Out of necessity. A, yeah, okay, it might be a novelty, but I'm not going to come back for seconds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Smith said that the argument escalated after he had turned on the TV and she got really mad. Smith claimed that she punched him in the groin, first attack. Right,
3: but she doesn't have a hand.
2: And then hit him with a coffee canister and threw a bedpan at him. He claimed that it was full of pee. The bedpan. All right, right there. I'd have slapped her, too. <laughs> she hit him with a bedpan, wackily. Full of pee. Full of urine.
3: Was the coffee can also full of urine? What I want to know is, how does she throw these items? She's, I mean, I don't, we're thinking quadriplegic. I'm thinking more octopus. Like, she's, she's developed these nubs into highly sophisticated appendages.
2: I, you know, maybe. I mean, perhaps. According to Smith, uh, she definitely had. He claims, I hit her once. That was it. All right. Maybe twice.
3: <laughs> but the prosecution says Maybe a says couple more times. times.
2: Are you talking closed-fisted or open-fisted? Because <laughs> there's a difference, you know.
3: <laughs> there is uh, a difference.
2: He said that Bell, who's had both hands and part of both legs amputated because of a childhood illness, uh, Smith claims that she can still be very violent. When she loses her temper.
3: That I believe.
2: That's one thing, Wackerly. You don't like quadriplegics when they're angry. No. You don't. You know, they're, 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 very, they're very forceful, aggressive people.
3: There's nothing like a quadriplegic woman scorned.
2: Yep. Talk about a chip on the old shoulder. <laughs> At least
3: you have shoulders. do they have shoulders? Yeah, they do. Uh, he claims that she'll
2: swing, push me down, and choke me with her nubs. He said she also hit him with her wheelchair. Dude, those vicious nubs. I'm surprised she doesn't have to register them as lethal weapons.
3: <laughs> I hear a movie. In, in fact, the
2: movie. actually, lethal weapon might have been better if Mel Gibson didn't
3: have any arms or legs. The universe would be better if Mel Gibson didn't have any arms or legs, <laughs> but still had that glorious mullet. Why do you ever cut that off? I don't know. The I, mullet from the lethal weapon movies was incredible. And the world would be a better place if he still had it. When he did that, when he had that, like, he got arrested and, and said a bunch of shit about the Jews because he was drunk driving, if he had his mullet, everyone would have just been like, oh, that nah, dude, it's just your haircut. That's why awesome you're saying all that hair, crazy stuff. Just dr- drive just on. Red hair. Fuck it. It's
2: cool. it's cool.
3: But, you know, he cut his hair and made that Jesus movie, and now he's a fucking asshole. And that was a
2: complete freak. Freaking nature. So, uh, Bell, the quadriplegic here, agreed that there was hitting on both sides. Uh, She said she plans to marry Smith and doesn't want him to serve any jail time. Hmm. She just said all we need is anger management. So here's a story that ends well. You know, you got a guy that beats up a quadriplegic. I would say uh, brutalizes a quadriplegic. And the quadriplegic is like, you know what? It's fine. I still (laughs) want to get married to this guy.
3: You know, I'm sure you and I and all the male listeners and maybe some of the female ones are saying, like, why would you bother dating and, and engaging a quadriplegic. That's why, because they forgive.
2: And you know, yeah, they
3: forget, forgive and forget. They forget, and they move on. Move on. I think it's maybe,
2: maybe you know, partly because they don't have many other options, but apparently <laughs> this one does.
3: And they get a fucking badass social
2: security check every month. <laughs> but dude, think about it this way: you know, when you are disabled, like blind people, they have heightened senses. You know, other senses like their, you know, their sense of smell, their sense of touch. It's like this woman is denied movement, physical movement. So she has to develop movement with, you know, and strength in other areas. Like a snake. Think of the hand jobs she can give with those nubs.
3: Nub jobs.
2: Nub job. Nub job under the
3: arm. Armpit Chicken job. Wing. Yeah.
2: I Bitch bet you it's probably the best
3: sex you've ever had. See that we were talking about blowjob before, but nub job. A, a fully limbed woman can't even begin to give an armpit job. No. So that's something that I'm interested in.
2: That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying there's, there's some advantages here. So, on the sick and wrong star scale, you got Judge's story about, you know, a, a, the guy took a, a, you know, I don't want to say defenseless, but for all intents and purposes, defenseless. A uh, vicious, quadriplegic.
1: snarling
3: quadriplegic, and he disciplined her. Dude, he
2: beat her in the face more than ten times. A
3: vicious, snarling quadruped Threw her
2: to the floor. Yeah, as you do. Because she blocked the TV set. As you do. I'm going to give this
3: a 4.5.
2: I'm going to give it a 4.8. 4.8? 4. Yeah. She still wants to marry him.
3: That's even more disturbing <laughs> for this dude.
2: All right, the third story here for episode 222 came in from Ryan from Portland, Oregon. He points out, not Maine. Oregon he says I bet Wackly makes his lady wear a chocolate negligee great show
3: do you have a camera in my bedroom <laughs> you asshole do you Wackerly? I wish I even had heard of chocolate negligee before because it sounds intriguing
2: On an African-American girl though wouldn't a chocolate negligee just look like skin
3: that's why it's amazing
2: Yeah, maybe. I guess I I see where you're going. You just
3: lick until it stops being sweet, or starts being sweet, depending.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I I think it's it's vaguely cannibalistic. It's just a little frightening. That is also also
3: erotic. (laughs) Cannibalism. Preacher
2: says seeing stepdaughter in a chocolate negligee was just too much temptation. See? Yep. Apparently too much temptation there. It's happened in Mobile, Alabama. No. deep south deep go southern fi- usa go here
3: figure, Mope. aren't you from alabama
2: i live there weren't you born there no i was born in louisiana
3: <laughs> oh much better okay, yeah carry on
2: <laughs> I, I think is louisiana more of an incestuous state or is that alabama
3: you're splitting hairs all right <laughs> <laughs> i wish you had an accent oh that would the be podcast nice. would be better if you had an accent it would be nice. Can you no. develop one?
2: I grew up in South Africa. I lived in Monroe, uh, Louisiana for I a, grew up a in year. South Africa. Hello. So, <laughs> all right, carry on. This story occurred in Mobile, Alabama. Preacher Anthony Hopkins, not to be confused with Sir Anthony Hopkins.
3: You need to do all the quotes in in that in the uh, Hannibal Elector Voice.
2: Um
3: yeah, I can't
2: even do it. The only one I know is, I'd fuck me. Yeah. But that's Buffalo Bill, isn't it? I'd fuck me, Clarice. <laughs> Who's going to stop the bleating of the lambs? <laughs> <laughs> so, not to be confused with Sir Anthony Hopkins, a completely an- different Anthony Hopkins altogether.
3: A man who will be remembered for his many roles other than Hannibal Lecter. <laughs>
2: yeah. Preacher <laughs> Anthony Hopkins' stepdaughter said she was sexually abused by Hopkins starting when she was just 11 years old. That's young. Hopkins testified in this rape and murder case that his eldest stepdaughter, who was 19, not 11, approached him in the living room wearing a chocolate negligee.
3: Really? Apparently, I can't even imagine such a thing.
2: A chocolate negligee or no. a woman approaching, a 19-year-old approaching a man in the living room?
3: I can't imagine a chocolate negligee. I mean,
2: chocolate is brittle, right? I'm thinking it's chocolate in color, not chocolate in substance.
3: Oh, that's not nearly as cool. I, I, mean, I was th- I was thinking maybe it could be like a fake chocolate flavored fruit roll up type deal.
2: So you're thinking it's, it's like edible underwear, yeah, like edible lingerie, yeah. What do you you're thinking is just chocolate colored? You know, I don't think preacher Anthony Hopkins shops at Spencer gifts.
3: No, but his daughter
2: does. <laughs> <laughs> his daughter does, that's the whole Or Adamandeve.com, which <laughs> I think was... they do have chocolate necklaces. I, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the color of chocolate. Hmm. Um, Disappointing. Hopkins testifies from that point I was tempted and I had no other choice but to yield to that temptation.
3: That's a true man of the Lord. As a result... <laughs> Just one, one temptation, everything's out the window. As a result, she
2: got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah, what happens. Of course. That's where pregnancy comes from. Not fertilization of an egg with a yeah. sperm. It's from Satan.
3: Well, Satan causes yeah, pregnancy. That's how Damien happened.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's Satan causes the pregnancy. The omen
3: for... <laughs> So chocolate hopkins, baby chocolate satan
2: hopkins is accused of murdering his wife and storing her body in a freezer for four years even hooking up a generator to make sure the freezer never lost power you know in the event of a hurricane or another storm
3: well this is, wait, this is an added charge well this is what happened he raped his daughter and murdered his wife Prosecutors
2: say that he killed 36-year-old Arletha Hopkins, his wife, after she learned that her husband had been sexually abusing their daughter. Oh, they're linked. So he's being charged with murder, second-degree rape, second-degree sodomy, and second-degree sex abuse and incest. Hopkins has denied killing his wife, saying he does not know how she died, but that he tried to keep her body preserved because he could not stand the thought of her decomposing.
3: He just found her dead and didn't even care to pursue it. He just thought, I'm going to freeze this bitch.
2: He didn't want her to decompose. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to cryogenically revive her You know, 30 years from now, 100 Uh years from now. Yeah. When the world's a different place.
3: Right. Not a big believer in the rapture, even though he's a preacher. (laughs) But
2: I I thought it was funny that he'd actually get this elaborate freezer and a generator and everything. He said his family continued to live their life together. Preaching, going to work, even with his wife in the freezer, their mother in the freezer. Yeah. So what I don't understand is how did he pull the wool over their eyes? Like what what did I don't understand how did he keep making up excuses about where the the, the mother
3: is? Well she did go out for milk very early and then went for stamps. So every time the kids
2: the kids would come back they'd be like, So where's mom? At four, oh. Keep in mind, four years. It's like, so mom's not spending Christmas again? No. She's over at Uncle Bobby's house. Aunt Barb's. Aunt Barb's. Or Uncle Bobby's. I mean, Bobby. is she
3: always at Aunt Barb's? No, the next day she's at Uncle Bobby's. Do
2: you think he took a paper plate and put, like, yarn on it for hair and attached it to, like, a plant and said, here's your new mother?
3: I think that would have been apparent to the kids. That you, that you think the raise. kids, if
2: they would have let in, let out? I mean, that would have let them in on uh, there's something going on here. They would have known here.
3: something was wrong. Yeah.
2: You know what? They should have got a real doll.
3: Yeah, I think one of them should have gone to the freezer to look for a popsicle. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have blown the whole thing wide open.
2: A popsicle?
3: Yeah, yeah. Now
2: a human popsicle that might work. Well, they would have found a human popsicle, right? So the stepdaughter told jurors that Hopkins. She saw, she witnessed Hopkins jumping up and down on her mother's body to make her fit into the freezer.
3: Well, so she knew about it.
2: But apparently maybe she lived in fear and she never did anything about it. He was also <laughs> raping her at the same time.
3: Who doesn't leave it live in fear? Hopkins
2: denies doing that. He says his wife's body fits snugly in the freezer. I Is did- he
3: representing himself? Yes, he is. <laughs>
2: How did I know? He says his wife's body fits snugly into the freezer, though I did have to press the freezer door down a couple times.
3: One man's snug is another man's bent and broken.
2: <laughs> exactly. Although I do kind of like the mental image of him just jumping up and down on the freezer like a man trying to stuff like you know, an oversized garbage bag into a tiny garbage can.
3: Yeah, I like that too.
2: Yeah, you know, I imagine that must have been rather traumatic for the girl. But at the same time, it's like, hey... Her mom might have been, you know, a cantankerous old bitch.
3: You got to get her in there somehow. Yeah, I mean, what else is she supposed It's either, that, it's it's either it. that or you chop her limbs up. And what What would be more traumatic? Stomping. Exactly. No, no, chopping. Oh, chopping, I mean chopping. Stomping is better.
2: Stomping is just like, well, okay, at least she's still in one piece. Yes.
3: You can yeah. lovingly stomp.
2: I do like, though, how uh, he describes the jury. She did fit snugly in the freezer. Snug. Nice. I didn't kill her, but she fit snugly in that freezer.
3: Bug in a rug.
2: Bug in a rug, yep. So on The second Wrong Star, got I think I might have to give this a five. Five. I'm giving this a five because not only was there ancestral rape, there was
3: also murder. And, and, of- and self-representation in court. And denial. And <laughs> chocolate negligee. Chocolate negligee. Which I'm still thinking is chocolate flavored and <laughs> edible.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. I think it's funny, though, the way the guy says he was tempted by the woman wearing the chocolate negligee, but he doesn't specify whether or not he forced her to wear the chocolate negligee. I think he's implying
3: that he didn't, but he probably did.
2: I'm sure he did. People, we we invite you to decide who won episode 222. Go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, uh, Wackly, we're nearing the end of the show. We got a few phone calls to go and a couple emails. Stick around podcast at hotmail.com. People you can call us, stick around junk line 206-666-3846. We do always love to hear from you. Before we get to these phone calls, uh, how about a word another word from Adam and Eve.com.
3: Hey you fucking cocksucker, milky liquor motherfuckers. Hey, go to Adamandeve.com, type in the word diddle. Don't ask me what the fuck it means, but just type it in anyways. It has nothing to do with what your uncle used to do to you. And uh, just make sure you don't do like what I did. Go to adamandsteve.com, because that's fucking gay.
2: So, Waggly, we've got a few phone calls to Sick and Wrong hotline. 206-666-3846. Without further ado, why don't we play call number one?
0: Hey, Lance. Hey, D. This is Brogan from Austin, Texas. Yeah, I was just down on 6th Street. and There's some kind of giant hot rod thing going on. And, uh, I saw this drunk bitch outside of this car. And, like, it was this nice cherry red fire fucking whatever. And this chick just up and threw up all over the hood of this car. And the dude in the car got out of the fucking car, punched this chick in the face, he fell down to the ground, and he just ran off. Not ran off, but got in his car and just drove. And I was standing there like, what the fuck just happened? And, uh, yeah. So I'm stoned as fuck and <laughs> real. Not real. I'm pretty sure it was real. Uh, yeah, keep it sick, keep it wrong. See you later.
2: So one thing I gathered here from uh from this, this caller is uh people who are high on marijuana aren't good at telling
3: stories. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, okay. Other than the fact that at the end he says, I'm high, I don't know if it really happened. You don't, like, hallucinate all scenarios when you're stoned. All
2: right, there were several details, glaring details, that were completely absent from that narrative.
3: Well, he might have He might have A left fire or show.
2: whatever? What kind of car? The guy he ran like, away? Oh, I mean, drove away?
3: Well, he clarified. <laughs> all <laughs> I I'm see saying, what, I see what saying is that
2: there's a sequence of events that could have been elaborated a little bit better well, had
3: he not been stoned. He could have used an editor. Like an editor who was on Mushrooms. I'm an editor, yeah. <laughs> or, or Speed. <laughs> like, you, I'm going to chop that part out. You should, you should clear that up a little bit. And man. the
2: man was shaking, man, and yeah. choking her. And yeah. he just wanted his money. That's
3: all he wanted. But the, and then he, like, how was he shaking? The, and the Stone Air has to be like, well, wait, let's just get on with the story. We don't care about how he was shaking.
2: It is kind of funny, though. Like, I've heard in uh, Austin, they do have this one strip, which is probably 6th Street, of just solid bars. And it's everything from, like, hipster bars to honky-tonk bars to Mexican bars. It's just this one strip of bars.
3: That sounds pretty cool.
2: Oh, Austin, I've heard, heard it's like awesome.
3: Austin's a weird sort of fantasy land where everybody in the Bay Area – because what, what people say in the Bay Area is, like, you move to Austin, and it's just as cool as the Bay Area, but the, everything is, like, 90% less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody always talks about moving there, but nobody ever does. They say or maybe, like, just one in ten hipsters. You want to know
2: why? Because it's in Texas. Yeah. We're in California. That's Texas.
3: But it's a cool part of Texas. Remember the movie Slacker, you know, the No there I mean there Art are great
2: bands. Buttle Surfers, Jesus Lizard, all these yeah. cool bands came from Austin. It's still Texas. You you leave Aust- you leave Austin, you leave the city limits, you're in Texas. You're in George Bush land. Yeah. George Bush country. Yes. That's not cool. You leave <laughs>
3: San Francisco, you go to LA. So you're you know, gonna pay you go- you're gonna pay ten times as much to live here.
2: To be protected from those God-fearing Christians, yes, fair enough. I, I just know. wanted, to, but you know, I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have seen some drunk slut puke all over some guy's Firebird or whatever the hell car. When he had. said sixth is he had Mustang or something. I brought something yeah. classic.
3: I, I initially, when he said Sixth Street, I thought he meant like Sixth Street, like in the Tenderloin <laughs> or like South of Market. 6th there's you
2: know? like Sixth Street's like that strip of bars, which I've heard is pretty awesome.
3: Well, Sixth Street in San Francisco. When he starts talking about somebody puking on a car, I'm like, oh, yeah. But then when he starts talking about classic car show, it's incongruent.
2: So if someone came over and, you know, like my, one of my favorite cars, or probably my favorite car, is a 1967 Dodge Charger. Really? If a girl, like, sauntered over and puked all over the hood your Dodge Charger, it would take a lot of restraint for me not to punch her in the face.
3: Dead. She's dead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. That's the that's thing. Sometimes some actions are justifiable. Yes. You know, I don't think you should beat a quadriplegic, but if a girl pukes on your 1967 Dodge Charger, smack her a few times in the yeah, face. Yeah, maybe not punch her, but at least slap the shit out of her. Yeah, at least. What's uh, call number two? You're sick and wrong, long time listener, first time caller. How do
0: you ask for drugs? It's like my neighbors are fucking drug dealers, right? No.
2: How old is this kid? Pfft,
3: 11 at the max. 9? Is it oh, I, kid, I would he, believe
2: 9. He sounds like he should be at home watching the Teletubbies or Barney or something. I think he is. And he took time out to or pick Gabba, up the Gabba song. Gabba, hey. I mean, this this kid is like. I yo mean, Gabba Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba, that's how I, yo, yeah, I mean, but But this kid, like his. Alright, listen, kid. You want to know how to buy drugs? Your balls have to drop. Your voice needs to get deeper before you can even ask for drugs.
3: Here's how you buy drugs. You go to school, graduate from high school, then go to college, maybe buy some pot in college, and then graduate from college, and then you buy drugs. I don't even think this kid's old enough for a paper route. I don't think he's old enough. Do they
2: even have paper routes anymore?
3: No, it's all internet these days. (laughs) (laughs) My e-paper boy hit me up for a Christmas tip last night. It doesn't end there, though. Hang on. His neighbor's a drug dealer.
0: I want some
3: I just don't know how to fucking ask <laughs> yeah I mean like yeah what does he even want? like Flintstone vitamins or something? Robitussin?
2: I, you know Dimatap? I have no idea
3: what, what that, that, it... that kind of shit Dimatap and Robitussin you can get right out of your parents you know medicine cabinet they what, wouldn't even what... suspect
2: you know, and this is case in point, why people say, like, teaching uh, anti-drug uh, classes at such a young age kind of foments a desire for kids to yeah. go do drugs. <laughs> you so know it's nothing like you, about it. But you watch Dare. It's like, you know, I remember, we never had Dare when I was a kid because so I'm too old. But I remember watching actual film strips of, like, these anti-drug ads and being like, that's what happens on LSD? I want some
3: that looks incredible, that looks so cool. <laughs> it was so, such an unintended response to the film,
2: yeah. No, exactly. It's quite the opposite the opposite reaction. So, I imagine this kid, you know, probably did, went through the dare program, which yeah. I if they still do, and uh, um, yeah, and he obviously is he's uh, become for desir- some drugs.
3: he's become desirous of the substances. I guess I could just have my co-worker. With a dude who just in his pocket. What? Did he just say Percocets? Well, first of all, he said he has co workers, so maybe we're underestimating his age, but yeah, he's saying he has a co worker who has Percocet, and that's what he wants.
2: Wait, are there co workers at a preschool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know
3: elementary schools have co workers. But what does this kid do?
2: I think maybe he Crossing means. Crossing guard? <laughs> maybe he
3: means co-monitor? Co-sandbox player? Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. he said, co-paper boy co
2: Paperboy, Boy, that's probably what it is. Why does
3: this Co-Paper Boy have Percocet? Because this Co-Paper Boy is like 35? How does this kid know that, uh, that
2: that that Percocets even exist? Did you know at age 9 that there were Percocets out
3: there? I barely know right now what it is. <laughs> I just know it's something I want, but I'm sc- and I'm scared of. This, you know, kid, this kid jumped way ahead of the line on the drug ladder.
2: I, I'm going to get to that in a second. How much more of this call do we have to go to before uh, I start uh, moralizing
3: here? Forty-two seconds. Let's, let's let it ride and then get, and then go off. All right. Well, that was worthwhile. <laughs> 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 that that it was that kind was of great. some mumbling and some Spanish.
2: Glad you let that ride it out there. But um,
3: so so first of all,
2: what I want to say about this kid. All right, he's talking about where do I get drugs? How do you get drugs? You know, when I was his age, the place I got drugs was I either stole them from my parent or I stole them from a sibling. Actually, what? at his age, I didn't do drugs. Yeah, what did but it I'm saying nine, at, at like 12? 16... You know, I would steal, like, a joint from my brother. Right. Now you're pupating
3: into a drug-using caterpillar at that
2: point. Well, because, you know, you're an inquisitive young young teenager, you know, a drug-using teen, experimenting at that age. Good time. But age nine, you don't know anything about drugs. But this kid has heightened expectations, and not to mention, he's cheating. He's jumping up rungs on the ladder. Marijuana is known as a stepping stone for a reason.
3: Well, and like a pixie stick is a stepping stone to marijuana, right? Yeah, you got to I mean, go through the candy regime first.
2: There's a h- drug hierarchy, kid. You don't <laughs> you don't go from like you know sniffing pixie sticks straight into doing heroin, mainlining <laughs> heroin. You don't do that. You know you don't sit there from like. You know, I'm gonna take some diamond tap and tomorrow some Percocets. You don't—that's <laughs> not the way it works. Way don't it,
3: be a trailblazer. Yeah, you know, saying.
2: it's like I don't know if you think you're like a young Robert Downey Jr. or something. But <laughs> the way it works, kid, is you gotta—you gotta start off small. You gotta go steal some wine coolers from your mom. Do a uh, couple wine coolers. Maybe get drunk on wine coolers, puke a couple times, then steal a joint from your brother. But maybe like,
3: you know, honestly, maybe you started doing that at like four.
2: I think he started doing that in the womb.
3: Maybe he's like Drew Barrymore.
2: <laughs> I mean,
3: Drew Barrymore's like a drug auteur.
2: Actually, Drew Barrymore, yeah, Drew Barrymore is doing Percocets
3: at age six. Listen, kid, you're no, I, I fucking know Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I jerked off to Drew Barrymore. You're no Drew Barrymore. You are not that cute or precocious. You're not famous. You're not in any movies. Take your time.
2: Your voice is about as high as Drew Barrymore's,
3: <laughs> but seriously,
2: Wackley and I were jerking off to Drew Barrymore when you're just, you know, a, an egg inside a uterus. Even okay? earlier than that, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but seriously, take your time, enjoy the drugs. Don't skip rungs
3: on the ladder. We should send this kid a chart. and Percocet, A drug chart. <laughs> but it's Drugs on one axis and age on the other, yeah. and Percocet is like, is like at least 40. Percocet is around the heroin level which yeah. I mean yeah I, 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 I almost think that Percocet is actually like addicted to street smack now I'm on Percocet that's what I'm saying like 40 45 Well
2: per, but 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 it's different though cuz like a lot of uh, kids have parents who you know are on psychotropic drugs and different like <laughs> so you steal those <laughs> drugs you do those drugs as painkillers when you're like 20 22
3: Okay
2: I've done that but <laughs> well you can subscribe to the Simon <laughs>
3: chart or the Wackerly <laughs> chart Simon chart's more fun. Simon chart's more fun. <laughs> if you're 11 years old, you shouldn't be on a yet on either chart, okay? The
2: Simon chart doesn't start until you're over 18, okay, kid? And then you can do any <laughs> drug you want.
3: Hey, right. my drug
2: lets you last longer. Yeah. <laughs> You'll probably live longer on Wackily's you chart. You'll be more crippled <laughs> later in life. So what's the final call here, Waggly? Hey, Dean Lance. It's more girl. Um, I
0: have a sick and wrong story for you from Easter. It's not more related so I hope it's okay.
3: But, um... What?! (laughs) It's not morgue-related. She does live in Florida, though, so she can sort of call in stories at will. I
2: think Morgirl has a plethora of good stories. I don't think think she has to limit herself to morgue stories.
3: Working in the morgue (laughs) has allowed her to hone a fine story sensibility that allows her to perceive other non-morgue-related stories that that would would fly over the normal mortal's head.
2: And listen up, people. Morgirl can deliver a good narrative detailed, She's a good storyteller. She's a good (laughs) storyteller.
3: Do you think she talks to the corpses? I'm sure she does. I
2: think she bores them to death.
3: (laughs) You're an ass. (laughs) All right, let's move on. But um, Easter Sunday,
0: my 18-year-old stepson had to spend the uh, time Sunday with his mom's mom. And they went to the beach to have a fun Easter Sunday. So the grandparents gathered up all the local uh, grandkids and took them to the
3: beach. There's nothing an eighteen-year-old likes better than to go to the beach with his grandma with his nana. on Easter and all his cousins. <laughs> sounds awesome.
2: Do you think, Margot, like as a you know a step wife, do you get along? No, she's with an
3: actual wife, a step. She's a wife.
2: Okay, stepmother. Yes. Do you get along with the maternal grandmother?
3: No. <laughs> or the,
2: the maternal grandmother of, your, of, your, of step-son. your stepson? Yeah. No,
3: I don't think you can talk.
2: Why you're probably you. just kind of like, you drop her off at her house and run and drive away really quickly before yeah. she comes to your car. At
3: that point, you're like, thank God my mom is dead. Why am I going to deal with another mom who's not even like remotely related to me?
2: Yeah. And and you think about it, how many old people does more girl have to deal with on a regular basis? Uh, tons. Yeah.
3: They're so old, they're dead. And i uh, got a couple of picnic tables, you know, set out a bunch of
0: food to eat. So what the kids are eating... Uh, Grandma decides to go and changes her bathing suit. So she goes to the bathroom or the changing room or whatever and goes and changes. I tried to get him to call you to tell you the story because I thought it was so funny. But, um, so anyway, <laughs> the kids are eating. Grandma comes out. Now, imagine, if you will, a 72-year-old, really scrawny, saggy-skinned Helen Mirren, I can imagine. She comes out in her tankini. And part of her vulva is actually sticking out of her suit. Ah. So apparently she doesn't realize this, and she comes and stands by the picnic table. And of course, I had to press my stepson for details. So it's actually one of her uh, labia hanging out of the bottom of the tankini, you know, all white, curly haired, flopping around.
3: And Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> this is the most disgusting visual I think I've had all week. Not only is it a disgusting visual, but I'm having meta reactions to. Morgill's stepson comes home from Easter Sunday at the beach with grandma and says, Oh my god, stepmom, grandma's vagina was hanging out of her bathing suit at one point. And Margot can't leave it alone. It's like, what exactly was hanging out? You've got to pinpoint every detail. Was there hair? Was it inner labia? Outer labia? Was there clitoris showing? You know, 72-year-old clitoris. How
2: gray was the blue waffle?
3: Yes. (laughs) How blue... Was the waffle... It was waffle. Yes, I would assume it was waffle. But you know what, though? You
2: know she was planning on calling this story into sick and wrong, so she wanted to jot all the details down. Yes. You know, like any good court stenographer.
3: I can't decide whether Margot would be the best stepmom or the worst stepmom. (laughs) I'm leaning towards
2: best. What alarms me, and I, I think this might be... Even more disquieting than the the labia hanging out of the bathing suit. Why the hell was the grandmother wearing a bikini?
3: It was actually a tankini. A tankini?
2: What's that? I don't know. Did she say tankini? (laughs) Yeah, tankini. So is that like a Floridian version? Like a Floridian bastardization of a bikini?
3: I think it only shows the bottom of the midriff. It's not fully exposed abdomen.
2: It's almost it's worse, like a, though. I'm sure, like, the flaccid oh, oh, skin... Oh, it's all worse. It's all just worse. It's all worse. Yeah, th- I mean...
3: The only thing that's not worse would be a burka, which is what she should be wearing.
2: God, it's like, could you imagine these poor kids? They're trying to eat. the grandma's sitting there wearing a tankini. Yes. Your labia hanging out, and you got your mashed potatoes, and your potato salad, and... Your hot dogs, and your <laughs> ham, I do Yeah,
3: oh, Is that what Florida people eat in your mind? Mashed potato, potato salad, <laughs> hot, hot dog dogs and, and ham. ham.
2: Yes, that's all they eat. Interesting. Watermelon. And
0: and he said he looked you know, away really fast and had to stop eating and was totally grossed out and grabbed the skin board and ran away. So he didn't tell her about it. So um, I guess later he said that you know it was fixed when he could barely look at her. But I think it's uh, funny that other grandkids were probably exposed to this all younger than him. So um, I just thought that was funny. Grandma in a bathing suit with her labia hanging out, uh, Happy Easter.
3: And he said he's scarred for life. You know, he can't look at another vulva, which I, you know, don't believe. I'm sure he'll get over it, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking elbow deep in some vagina that night.
2: 18, nothing's turning you from it, right? No, dude, at 18, I mean... That would be pretty sickening. And maybe for like a couple hours, I'd probably would be like, all right, got to go play some video games to purge my mind.
3: Hours, minutes, what's the difference? Minutes, yeah.
2: But no, seriously, I'd be going right back to the vulva yeah. come evening. He was scarred for life, and he can't unsee that image. So I just thought I'd share that with
0: you. Thought it was funny and sick and wrong. 72-year-old vulva hanging out of a baby suit. I will uh, talk to you guys later. Bye.
2: <laughs> God, I love more, more girl. Best yeah, she's stories more girl. ever
3: I, I I would actually go to Florida and like look her up and hang out
2: Yeah, no, I would love to have a beer with her Because that's somebody who could tell you some of the coolest stories you've ever heard
3: But I don't want to go to the bar and have a beer I'm going to show up at her job with a six pack Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, yeah, take me down to the fucking bar Cut up mark. that corpse and tell me some stories, woman And show me some 72-year-old dead vulva while you're at it so,
2: you know, she brings up an interesting point in my mind. Are you one of those people who like, let's say we're out in public, we're hanging out, and uh, we went and had some Thai food or Indian food, right. and I got a little piece of, like, alu palag on my cheek. Would you say, D, you got a little piece of brown alu palag, Indian food on your cheek? Or would you just completely ignore it and just let it go and let me be in public with the with the you know the indian food on my cheek or the toilet paper hanging off my shoe
3: oh i'm letting that shit rise.
2: <laughs> same with me i'm one of those people that's just like yeah i can see spinach in between your teeth or whatever that green stuff is and i'm not going to say anything no. about it so if your grandmother but, but do you
3: say it do you do you avoid saying it because you're embarrassed to criticize somebody or because you think it's hilarious that like i might go talk to a girl and have spinach in my teeth
2: I think it's hilarious. Like, I think it's kind of funny that it's going to happen. But even, you know, at the same time, like, if it's my girlfriend, yeah, I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, you got some brown
3: stuff. Well, because that reflects on you.
2: Yeah, in your face. But if it's like you, yeah, I want that toilet paper hanging off your (laughs) shoe. I want people to, like, go, and I'm going to bring out my cell phone and videotape that so I can put it it on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, think about this, though. You're at a picnic and grandma comes out. She's got her labia, her gray hanging, flaccid, bulbous labia just hanging out of her yeah. her tankini. You tell me about it. How do you say that, though? I mean, that's different than just food on the cheek. You don't. You run away like her stepson. Do you ignore it? And t- what if she's talking to you? Do you, you just not look down? You're like,
3: bye, Grandma. I got to go, go scratch the crabs out of my pubes.
2: I got to go puke, Grandma. Yeah, I did, uh, this food's really killing me. There's so- a kid drowning over there. <laughs> <laughs> CPR is needed. But I, I just wonder, though, I mean, how do you, even if you were a conscientious... You know, grandson, if if you were going to say something, how do you approach it? What do you say? Like, you know, mom, your titties hanging out of your top or grandma, a little part of your vagina is hanging out of your underwear. Like, I mean, what do you say? A little part, a big part. <laughs>
3: they don't call it the labia majora for nothing. It's not the labia minora.
2: I think, I think, I think the best thing to do in that situation is, yeah, just to get up,
3: make an excuse and leave. Or harakiri. Yeah.
2: Just completely kill yourself Because you never will unsee that image
3: I I actually opened a door one time And like my great aunt Who's basically as old as kind of You know one's grandma Was getting up off the toilet And I got a big view of Gray old lady bush (laughs) (laughs) But like I said I was probably 12 And like you know 15 minutes later I was jerking off to some playboy That I'd shuffled away somewhere (laughs) Underneath a you know corner of the house
2: were you surprised she didn't shave
3: this was you know i'm old enough that nobody shaved back then even (laughs) even the the porno mags i had it was all giant bush (laughs) that's probably a good
2: thing but your grandma's is never that good People call us... <laughs>
3: Your grandma's name.
2: People call the Sick Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. We do always love to hear from you. We got a couple emails, too, to the Sick Podcast at hotmail.com address. I'm going to get through these real quick because we got to get out of here. Uh, first one came from Jeff. Jeff writes, Hey, guys. This is Jeff from Northern Kentucky. I'm a longtime listener of the podcast. I have a good story for you. Me and my friends a few years back bought a purse... And each took a shit in it and set it outside of a local grocery store. He puts in parentheses, we used to be really into pulling jackass stunts.
3: Did they film it?
2: I imagine they must have. Yeah. You, you know, I bet your jackass, though, was the bane of many a shopkeeper. You or, think?
3: or many a sheriff's department.
2: <laughs> or Because you could think about all the copycats. And it's like, all right, so these guys can get away with you know, shitting in a toilet in an Ace Hardware or at a hardware store.
3: Right.
2: It's like, what do you think? I mean, a bunch of, like, adolescents, you know, not even on drugs yet, because they don't even have enough money to buy drugs <laughs> <laughs> or steal drugs. Drugs haven't
3: even moved into the area yet.
2: Yeah, it's they're like they're you, just though. bored. And they've seen Jackass. They're obviously inspired by Jackass. I imagine, uh, yeah, the bane of many a shopkeeper and a sheriff.
3: At the same time, though, you know, I think teenage males have been doing stupid shit for a long fucking time i I don't think jackass invented this i think they like put it on tv i think
2: jackass propagated it though i mean
3: i think they put it on tv i think even in the smallest of small towns 15 to, to 22 year old males have been doing really stupid really obnoxious shit I did some obnoxious shit when I was a see, kid. See, and figure. you didn't have jackass. Now there's inspired, no jackass you. back then. You were like spraying dudes in the face with shampoo out of a fucking squirt gun.
2: Yeah, we used to do that because it resembled a jackass. Where did you Where
3: did you Where did you come up with that crazy
2: idea? Did you see jackass? No, no, but I imagine the unimaginative gas huffing kids probably just copy the stunts
3: directly from jackass.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. That's Here, what I'm saying,
3: you're one of the elite pranksters. I get it. Yeah. Right. Move so. On.
2: He writes, well, the first person to walk by picked up the purse, stuck their hand in, thinking that there was money, and then quickly realized what was in the purse, and instead of dropping the purse, the person left their hand inside and carried it into the store.
3: What's in the purse? Shit?
2: Shit. All those guys' shit in the purse that they purchased. Right. We immediately fled the scene and head back to our friend Kevin's house for some beers. (laughs) Kevin's mother walked in shortly after us And then proceeded to tell us How she stuck her hand in a purse full of dog shit And how she turned the purse Into the lost and found of the store
3: But Kevin didn't recognize his mom When he saw her do this He must not have noticed Mm. We
2: still haven't told his mother it wasn't dog shit Keep it sick, keep it wrong, Jeff
3: Next time, mix shit and scorpions (laughs) And see what happens That's my advice
2: you know, I probably wouldn't have told. Even if it was my friend's mom, I probably wouldn't have said anything. I would no, never, never. But I've still been making of fun of my friend the whole time.
3: Oh yeah, that would yeah. have been great. Your mom has my shit on her hand, dude. <laughs> that that hand that wiped your ass as a baby has my shit on its hand now. God, do you think that, that hand means- that stroked your dad's dick has my shit on it? <laughs> Man, never-ending source of amusement.
2: I wonder whose idea that one was. Uh, people can email the show at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Finally, if you haven't already, now's the time to go join the Sick and Wrong Forum. I know there's like almost 5,000 people on there, a lot of members, a lot of action, a lot of titties, and a lot of ass.
3: The only thread I really go to regularly is the new titties thread, and it's, a, it's amazing.
2: I still love the introductions thread, because it's kind of funny, because now everybody just kind of signs up for the forum. Writes an introduction and then just out, throws down the gauntlets. Like, well, fuck all you assholes.
3: Right. They're Bring expecting it. abuse. Bring it,
2: yeah. Which is so, what you should do. But it, it's kind of funny. I think people develop a thick skin, but it's a good place to go to see some ass, see some titties, and to see some really disturbing pictures of child murder. I don't know if you've noticed that.
3: Yeah, I did. Well, I tried to avoid it, and then I looked at it. Today. I
2: clicked on it just because I thought I had to, because I thought it was a joke, and yeah, it Not was really disturbing. Yeah, I <laughs> meet, don't
3: know. meet like-minded singles.
2: Not, <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's that uncommon on the intertube. So people, go check out the Zigarong forum. You can link to it right off the main page, com. Also, thank you everybody out there for subscribing to the show on iTunes and leaving us such randy comments. We appreciate every comment that you leave. Even if they're bad. Not that we get that many bad ones. But you know what, though? I but noticed...
3: Badly written sometimes. Yeah.
1: I, I don't mind the
2: badly written ones. No. But you know, we've actually been doing kind of well in the rankings. We've been in, uh, consistently in the top 50, and there's a lot more celebrity podcasts out there.
3: I don't know if it's just on me com- my com- me computer. I don't know if it's just on my computer, but I when I log on to iTunes, we're consistently in like the top six features. Yeah, is really no, I've, not, I've noticed that. I, Does I, somebody at iTunes like us? Does, Steve
2: Jobs. Is, is Steve, Steve Jobs. Is he a listener? I think Steve Jobs listens to us
3: through his iPad. Is Steve Jobs Iron Man on the forums? <laughs> I think Steve I, Jobs no, I think might be is. Iron Man.
2: I think he is. Yeah, I, you know, there's a good Man, chance. I
3: just blew the lid off that shit. <laughs>
2: So thank you, everybody, for subscribing to the show on iTunes. You're really helping us out. Also, make sure you buy a Sick and Wrong t-shirt or some other Sick and Wrong apparel from the Sick and Wrong store. Um, There's a link to the Sick and Wrong store right on our main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Also, last night, I spent like three hours renovating the cafe press store for Sick and Wrong.
3: Did you have diarrhea or something? Getting sleep?
2: I was, I was awake. I, uh, I had sexsomnia, but I wasn't having sex or anything except <laughs> you mean my sex, hand.
3: You mean sexomania? Sexomania. <laughs> sexomnia is the proper.
2: But, reference. you know, I was thinking about this. Actually, I was inspired by an email that we received uh, from a guy named Uncle Jiggles. He writes, What's up, guys? I'm working late, which sucks, but I'm listening to old Sigarong episodes, which makes the time fly. With the closing date of my new home quickly approaching, I've been wondering... What's going to go on my walls? He's wondering about how to
3: decorate his new abode. The skin of murdered children?
2: Maybe. That, that means you've been listening to too much Sick and Wrong. <laughs> he goes, what I'm getting at is, we need more Sick and Wrong swag. I don't want a fucking baby bib. I don't want a stupid mug. I want cool stuff, like a giant-ass poster. Or maybe a wall clock. But not that one of that clan member wearing a podcast. Stupid. Also, aren't you guys bringing back it's a, some of the, not a
3: clan member. It's a Guantanamo. Not even Guantanamo. What was not Abu Ghraib Abu figure. Abu Ghraib figure. It, it was
2: pure social commentary, critique yeah. of uh, warfare oh. in the society, and then no one got it. Our and he had like an iPod on I, I, I yeah. thought that was brilliant was when I came up brilliant. with it.
3: Regardless of this guy's opinion.
2: He goes, also, aren't you guys bringing back one of the old style t-shirts that's taken wrong written in script? Peace. Uncle Jiggles. A shout out request here. Call Rob a nub and tell him to get back to work.
3: Rob is a fucking nub and get back
2: to work, bitch. Yeah, Rob. You fucking nub. You Thanks, fucking nub. Uncle Jiggles. So, you know, I read that, I read that email. And normally when I, I, I read someone who criticizes the podcast or, you know, criticizes you or I, I usually just kind of dismiss those emails immediately and forget I even read it. Yeah. But I read that one and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? He's got a point there.
3: Well, he's criticizing the merchandising. Which is a whole different thing. Like, we, had, we both readily admit we don't know what we're doing with the merchandising.
2: No, but, you know, and, and we're also kind of lazy, so we don't really do tend to do too much. Yeah, kind to, of. <laughs> to enhance <laughs> nice qualifier, the, the sick and wrong shopping experience. <laughs> but I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? I had forgotten about the Cafe Press store. I had forgotten that we even have a cafe
3: press store. Oh, dear God, there's $200,000 in there. <laughs> when he mentioned the clock <laughs> Me too.
2: and the mug, I looked on our store page, and I noticed Wackley made a link in, like, I don't know, <laughs> six-point font at the very bottom of the page. There's a link to the cafe press store if you click on yes. uh, on our com. Which I think we should make it a little bit more visible. So I went and looked <laughs> at it. Please
3: don't go to this shitty store that D set up. <laughs> well, I it's looked horrible. at it. And, oh, it was deplorable. I mean, there were some
2: of the, like these t shirts I'd even forgotten even existed. So I was thinking, you know, it's been like you know, a few years since we even updated it. And so many people sent us all these new t shirt designs and all this cool stuff. So. People go check it out. Go to cigarongpodcast dot com. Click on store all the way at the bottom of the page, is six point font is a link to the Cafe Press store.
3: Oh no, no! I'm going to increase it from six point to seven point tonight. Seven point font. I, I, yeah, I I'm, see agno- it. I'm acknowledging the effort that you put into it,
2: but I added some cool stuff. I took all the uh, the cool logos that all the fans created and sent to us. Made some new T-shirts. I made some new items. There's like a journal and uh, some some. Uh panties and all sorts of new stuff. Do you
3: have a diarrhea friend?
2: I need to get a diarrhea frame. Right. They didn't they Next didn't have week. a Cinco diarrhea friend <laughs> on there. Week. Yeah, but but eventually we'll. So go people, people go check it out. We got a bunch of new uh single, There's even a Trucker Paul shirt. Nice. Yeah, that, that someone made for us. So go to the Sigarong store, click on the Cafe Press link and just go crazy shopping. Buy yourself something nice. There's even something for a little baby, little junior.
3: If you're gonna have a baby, why not dress him? Get and a sick, sick and wrong, wrong jumper, swag. Definitely.
2: Uh, finally, here the sick and wrong song of the week. I'm actually gonna make a dedication. We'll have to do a toast. I don't know if you're aware of this, Wackly, but last week uh, Sex Pistols manager Malcolm McLaren died. I was well, aware of that. Yes, passing of a punk rock legend, the former manager of the Sex Pistols, Malcolm McLaren, and the man hailed as the Godfather of Punk, which I disagree with. I think Iggy Pop is the Godfather of Punk.
3: Mm. I don't know. I mean, mean, I'm on the
2: fence. Malcolm McLaren died from cancer. He was 64 years old. Music journalist John Savage, who wrote in the book England's Dreaming, an award-winning history of the sex pistols and punk rock in general, said, without Malcolm McLaren, there would not have been any British punk. He's one of the rare individuals who had a huge impact on the cultural and social life of this nation. I think that's true. I actually do think that's true. Even though... I've always thought that the Sex Pistols were a bit like the Backstreet Boys of Punk. Like a manufactured punk rock band. Really? I mean, they, they embodied who, who the attitude. Who do you think the authentic? Who do you think is the, look, the Clash? Is the Clash didn't need some poof who had a store called Sex to put them together and tell them what to wear.
3: Right, but didn't the Clash, like, sneak? The Ramones
2: didn't, didn't they, need that.
3: <laughs> didn't the Clash, like, sneak into a Sex Pistols show at one point? The Clash were around
2: at the same time. The Sex Pistols were bigger because they had this guy that was promoting them. Dressing him up. I mean, this is Malcolm not- McLaren was a publicist. That guy knew how to create an outrage, create controversy.
3: Right. And you, you have the to... The Clash
2: knew how to create music.
3: You've got to acknowledge that punk music is pop music, and pop music is publicity.
2: We can go on this all night.
3: We can. Let's but- do it. Let's do it. Tomorrow you can edit in the I agree. The no, I, and
2: that's the thing. The Sex Pistols embodied the edge. They had the edge. They right. had what it took to bring punk into the 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 spotlight of the world.
3: It doesn't have to be brought in. Punk is pop. At the time it wasn't though. Oh Jesus Christ. Let's <laughs> uh, let's end the fucking show. Anyway, we Malcolm, we need a publicist right here.
2: Malcolm McLaren was one of those rare individuals who had a huge co- impact on the cultural and social life of this nation and the world. So I'm gonna tip my glass here. Yeah. A toast um, to Malcolm um, <laughs> McLaren, manager <laughs> of the booze. Sex Pistols. Okay. Cheers. And finally here, we're going to end the show, the Sick and Wrong song of the week, Bodies by the Sex Pistols. My no, favorite Six one, and yeah. Sick and Wrong song. So we're going to end the show with Bodies here. People will be back next week with episode 123. Until then, take it, easy.